Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. One Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. Hey, here we are on a Wednesday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker, One Bills Live is the show. Thank you for joining us. As uh, we have a team back out on the practice field today. The cold practice field, by the way. With two new members, one on the active roster, one on the practice squad. They are both familiar faces. Brandon Bryant, defensive tackle, number 96 in your program. And a familiar number 11 by the name of Cole Beasley on the practice squad. We'll get to some comments by General Manager Brandon Bean, who spoke a little over an hour ago about the addition of Beasley, among other things, including the state of the wide receiver position, the state of the passing game right now. Uh, We'll get to all of those in due course. We also have Taron Johnson coming on the show, fresh off the practice field this week. Look forward to talking to him. And... Uh, We'll give you the latest weather update, especially for you listeners and viewers that are outside the Western New York viewing area. Let me just say, for all the Dolphins players out there that might be listening, (laughs) get your layers ready. Get your layers ready. We're looking at winds 15 to 30 miles per hour now. Snow is happening during the game, maybe at its it heaviest at kickoff. Yeah, during the day, chances of snow, and at night, it raises the chances of snow. Um, it, like, oof. it's cold. I mean, we were out there watching practice. It's cold, bro. It's so cold. Like sands I was through out. the I was bumming out. These are the days of our lives. I was bumming out. I went out because we, we got stuff. We can go out there and just bundle up and go, right? So we're out there for. I was out there for ten minutes. I was like, I patted Brownie on the back, and said, "Bro, that's enough. I'm out." <laughs> tapping out. I am After tapping. Ten it minutes. Wasn't, it wasn't even. It wasn't snowing or anything or raining or anything, and the wind wasn't even that bad. It's right. just like all the way through. The snowy weather is supposed to move in on Friday, and uh, you know, about three to four inches on Friday. There's supposed to be more measurable snow on Saturday. Now, the tricky part here is we've heard the local meteorologists talk for the last couple of days about a lake effect snow event that is supposed to set up shop right at kickoff with its heaviest lake effect bands here in Orchard Park at that time, around 8.15 p.m. The other thing that I haven't heard them mention at all 
There's a storm in the Midwest right now. It's over Lake Michigan. And they have a winter storm warning there in the Chicago area. They're supposed to get about eight inches of snow in their forecast for a winter storm. Now, Steve, you and I have lived here long enough to know most of the time what Chicago gets, we usually get a day later. That's supposed to hit them on Thursday. So my question, because I haven't looked at it closely enough, nor do I know enough about forecasting weather, is that going to combine with, are we going to have like a, a confluence of snow events? I feel sick. <laughs> Look, uh, you and I both know, and we joke about it all the time. We just went through this in November, right, with yeah. the 60 inches we got. Uh, 65, I think, at my house. But <clears throat> when they predict snow in Buffalo, they don't miss. Well, definitely if they're still talking about it two days out. Two days out, miss. it's a lock. It, they don't miss. Yeah, two days out, it's a lock. And if they get a lake effect band like we've seen in the last month at 8.15, at kickoff, by the third quarter, you're like, it's too deep to shovel, bro sleeve. Yeah. Especially if it's falling at a rate of two to three inches an hour. Dude. <laughs> it's nasty. Okay, so... In the spirit of this forecasted weather event, which is going to make this game all the more interesting, especially for TV viewers at home, if it looks like a snow globe here at Highmark, um, we decided to reprise our roles as <laughs> primetime football introduction announcers. We did this back in week two, I believe, in advance of the Monday night football game between the Bills and the Titans. And since that went awfully well for Buffalo... Steve and I would thought we would do it this time. Now, we realize it is not Monday Night Football. This is a game that's going to appear on NFL Network. So we pulled up the NFL Network football theme. Now, Steve, did you, did you want to go first or did no, you want to you go, go second? go first. Okay. So I, Steve went first the last time. I will go first this time. We're each going to try our hand at um, doing the primetime football lead-up to the telecast. Okay, so I will go first. Steve will go second. Guys, you can roll the music whenever you're ready. It's a game of epic proportions. As the reeling Miami Dolphins loses of two straight, wrap up a three-game road stretch against the Buffalo Bills, who have won four in a row. In the frigid confines of Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park, New York, where the tables aren't broken but flipped, from what the conditions were in week three when a shorthanded Bills team had to deal with the unforgiving heat of 120 degrees on their sideline in the blazing sun as players wilted in the conditions. Now, a Samoan by heritage and Hawaiian by birth brings the Dolphins to western New York where they'll be met not only by the AFC conference leader but blowing snow, 15 to 30 mile per hour winds and wind chills in the teens. For a quarterback who has never played in a snow game, Tua in pregame warm-ups was quite literally shivering. There were even goosebumps on his face, something that's never been witnessed on a human before. We also saw dry ice being put under both benches before the game, and Gatorade buckets replaced by snow cone machines. 
With up to a foot of measurable snow possible on the ground, Tua and the Dolphins won't be building sandcastles, but igloos! Bill's Mafia is ready. Old Man Winter is ready. Steve Tasker is shouting it might be chilly. It's the Shivering Dolphins and Buffalo Bills Saturday Night Football next. What do you think? Not bad. Maybe a little overstated. I never, I don't go that long. I'm all, I'm a, I'm a, short, I'm a, to the, short to the sweet uh, because I, I like it though. It was good. It was good. I want these conditions to be completely unbearable for the Dolphins in a way you can't possibly imagine. <laughs> all right, here we I literally want to see them shivering on the go. sideline. All right, here we go. All right, all right Steve uh, is going now. Take, take two. Music. Welcome to Saturday Night Football on the NFL Network. These two teams, week three, saw the Buffalo Bills wilt in the heat of September, losing by three points to a surging Miami Dolphins team led by Tua Tonga-Vailoa and Tyree Kill. But Buffalo has since recovered and now stands atop the entire AFC, while the Dolphins have continued to flirt with Super Bowl aspirations. Tonight, this AFC East rematch could keep alive the Dolphins' hopes for taking back a division they haven't won since 2008. And for Buffalo, it's a chance to clinch a playoff berth and to prove that revenge is a dish best served cold. Ooh, I like the finish a lot. I like the finish a lot. (laughs) Woo! Fun stuff. I'm ready to put a helmet on. Let's go! Let's go! (laughs) Wow. A dish best served cold. I love it. Ah, and it will be served cold. Yes, it will. 26 degrees is supposed to be the air temp. We're out there today. It's 33 today. It's supposed to be. (laughs) It's supposed to be 23 on Saturday night. (laughs) 30. I was out there in 33. It was cold, man. Yeah. And the wind's not even blowing today. And the big story of the week is the, the Dolphins were in L.A. last Sunday. It was 50 degrees. and they had, 55. They had heaters on their benches. It was 55. <laughs> they are in a, Bill's fans are wearing shorts in the stands in 55-degree weather. Yeah. It, they don't – I don't know if they know what they're in for here. You, you, can, you can turn your A.C. and your practice bubble down as much as you want. You, you're not getting – It's going to be bad. It's going to be really, really bad. And it was bad this last week. I, this is going to be colder than it was last week. And it was, it was brutal last week. Yeah. Last time the Bills played in frigid conditions, I recall them scoring 47 points. Just saying. On New England? <laughs> it was bad. Minus five with the wind chill. Yeah, it was, it was very cold that game. So, very. so let's just, you know, and I'm far be it for me to do the math on wind chill, but if it's 26 air temperature – and 15, getting colder as the night goes on, and 15, 15 mile per hour winds. steady 15-mile-per-hour winds. Let me, let me yeah, see if they – there's got to be a windshield calculator, there's, right? You would think. We can, we can find that on the Internet. Reason. I mean, why not? I mean, let's, let's, just, in, let's just spell it all out. It's the intranet. So Fahrenheit, it. 26. If the winds are sustained at 15 miles per hour, the real feel will be 13. <laughs> so that'll cut it in half. If we get up – because it said 15 to 30, so I guess gusting. So when it gusts to 20, it'll feel like 12. If it gusts to 30, it'll feel like 9. Single digits. Giddy up! Giddy so, up yeah. Um, it's, 
it's going to be cold. Really cold. It is really uh, it's cold. not a seven-layer game like the Here's Patriots the, uh, playoff right. game was, but yeah, that, it's probably a four-layer game. That game against the Patriots, and I went back and watched it a couple of times, um, you can see on the All-22 and even in the, in the condensed version or on the broadcast, there's 22 guys out on the field. You can tell when every one of them exhales. There's like, it's like a, an old steam engine. Like, yeah. The frost is just blowing out of every helmet on every breath. It, it looks like, um, you know. Dawson Knox in short it sleeves. It looks like an, yeah. It looks like a pipe organ, you know, yeah. with all the, the steam coming out of there. So uh, it's going to be that kind of game. Uh, fans will know. I mean, we'll, people here in Western New York are going to be geared up for it, of course. But, man, oh, man, oh, man, uh, there ain't no hiding from that. So we've got Cole Beasley on the field today. Uh, he is on the practice squad. And Brandon Bean, as we said, addressed the media a little over an hour ago uh, as he addressed the addition of one Cole Beasley. And we'll get to some of his comments here shortly I think maybe the biggest thing to take away from that, actually, let's do this first. Let's get the practice updates out to you first. Practice updates presented by LECOM, Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine. And the news is this. Ryan Bates, Jordan Phillips, Matt Milano not practicing. Ed Oliver and Reggie Gilliam limited in practice today. Ed Oliver's dealing with a pec injury. Reggie Gilliam's still trying to come back from that ankle injury that held him out of last week's game. Phillips, as we know, missed last week's game with a shoulder injury. Bates suffered the ankle injury in the game last week, and Milano's still dealing with the knee that had him questionable going into last week's game. It looks like that is something he's just going to have to deal with for at least the immediate future. So I would anticipate he is going to be a, you know, a non-to-limited participant for the next few weeks until it writes itself. And whether it can or not, I don't know. But I think that's that's going to be a thing that's managed, I guess, is the best way to put it, yeah. on, on Milano. So right. um, uh, hopefully they give him the proper rest, and then he gets enough reps, he can play in the game just like he did last week. Yeah. Because he it, played the whole game last it'll week. It'll be interesting because, yeah, he just – it's. You can understand what it is. You take a couple of steps forward, you start feeling better. Then you play a game, you take a step back. Or you take a knock on it. Yeah, or, yeah. you take a whack on it or something. And then, you know, you, you take a few no, more steps forward and you get knocked back again by another game. It just takes a long time to get, get on top of it. We saw the same thing, really, with Josh's elbow. Um, you know, he fought through it and could throw it, but he wasn't throwing much during the week. Right. Um, and then you throw it in the game. Then, okay, then you, you don't go back to the square one, but you go back to square three. You know, yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of where you're at. And these these games like this, this late in the season, everybody's managing something. You know, sore ankle. I mean, even you know Gabe Davis and his sore ankle. Um, you know, Jordan Poyer's still lugging around that elbow that he did way back in you know early in the season. He's still wearing the brace. So you got all these guys that are managing symptoms of injuries, and it's. It's re- it really is on the front burner. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's that management, getting guys on the field uh, and having them take part and be productive is, I mean, the, the sports science guys and the, and the athletic train, the trainers and the medical staff, they are, it is all hands on deck for all of them. They are, they've got everything going trying to focus on these players, getting them healthy and feeling good enough to play, not just to get on the field, but to play well. 
That's yeah. what they've been very good at in years past, and they continue to be. As you know, Matt Milano is a perfect example. He is indeed. Uh, but let's get to some of the comments by one Brandon Bean earlier today, just before the noon hour, when he addressed the signing of one Cole Beasley. Obviously, Cole's a unique signing uh, this time of year. Um, kind of the way it came about was Cole um, reached out a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think it was it was right after Thanksgiving. Um, he called and just said, listen, I know I retired, but um, I still am open to playing. Um, I know you guys have had some injuries there and, and what. You know, I don't know if the door's closed um, or not, but um, if, you know, I'm interested if you guys are interested. So that's kind of how it started. Um, we talked for 10, 15 minutes, life, family, whatever. And then uh, I just said, listen, we'll, we'll think about it internally, talk about it. Um, also dealing with injuries here, I got to find a roster spot if we were to do it. So that's kind of how it started. I told him I'd call him later that week. Um, we played, let's see, we played New England again that week on a Thursday. I think I checked in with him that weekend and just said, listen, we're still dealing with some injuries. You know, Jordan Phillips had just gotten hurt. Um, trying to figure out, you know, if it made sense and how it would, um, how we'd get him on the roster. And so late last week I called him and just said, listen, Cole, I don't know that I can get you on the 53. Um, you know, we'd, we'd be interested in bringing you back, but, you know, you'd have to be open to a practice squad spot. And so um, he said he was, and I said, well, let us get through this game, and then I'll call you, and we'll either say yay or nay. Let's either do it or not to, you know, you're running out of time in, in the games of the season to get him back in the flow. So I uh, called him Monday morning, and we got him on a flight within a couple hours. And, and so that's kind of how it all, um, you know, we've lost a couple of guys this year in Kumaro and, and way back Crowder. So we're down to four and, you know, Isaiah, you know, the plan at the beginning of the year was Isaiah and Crowder were going to kind of split the role. And, we just, you know, Cole kind of fills what we've lost with Crowder from that standpoint. So it kind of all made sense. You, uh, you played very briefly with the Bucks this year. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you looked at the film. There wasn't a lot to look at. But yeah. Does it look like, you know, he still can do what Cole Beasley used to do? Yeah. He, you know, he, he didn't play a lot of snaps. Um, but what you saw... He still got his separation quicks. I trust his hands. I mean, like I said it was it was a very limited amount to say, oh yes, but um, you know we'll get him back out here. And there's um, you know there's no promises on either side where his snaps will go to when he's ready for a game, whether he's ready for a game this week, whether it's next week, whatever. It's just kind of hey, come jump in the team, help us any way you can. That's his mindset, and that's our mindset. Wasn't a clean departure in some ways with Cole, you know, back going on social media this summer saying, I won't regret leaving the Bills. How do you deal with that part of that? Um, you know, when, when that, when it, did, it, did it come up in conversation? How did you, how, how did you approach that part of it? Yeah, uh, that's a good question, John. I mean, I think, you know, knowing Cole, um, you know, Cole wears his emotions on his sleeves. Um, that's what makes, you know, for a small guy, tough. And, you know, we, we, in a roundabout way, talked about things. And, um, you know, no one's perfect. Um, deep in his heart, Cole's a good person. And I think ultimately um, we appreciated who he was when he was here. And, um, 
you know, did everything finish the way he or, or we wanted, you know, perfectly? Probably not. Um, but I think a healthy respect on both sides. And, and you know, I think that's why you, you, you keep it open. You never close the door. You, are you hopeful? Do you think you could use another move the chains option against some elite defenses? Yeah, I mean, I think Cole provides you that he's, you know, the way we've used him, he's an extension of the run game, Mark. Um, it's, an, you know, when people are just um, trying to take away the deep stuff um, and you need those guys finding the holes, you know, in the middle when you got to throw it third and three, third and five, whatever, whatever the, you know, the down and distance is. I think Cole has proven to be that. Um, and again, we got to, this is, this is the first time in, Ken Dorsey's offense, not a lot's changed. Ken's got his own wrinkles on it, but um, he'll have to fit into that as well. How much did uh, Josh have an input on this? Did you contact him and get, get his? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, um, the next week, I think I think at some point Cole, maybe after he had talked to me, you know, I think he probably mentioned a couple of guys that he reached out and, you know, would be interested. So Josh actually came up to me at some point and said, hey, you, you talked to Cole? And I was like, yeah, I did. And and he said, "What do you, you know, what are you thinking?" And I just said, "I'm still thinking, you know." And and it's not just as simple as bringing Cole back. It's I got to figure out the roster piece here as well. But um, yeah, of course, I said, "What, well, you know? How do you think he'd fit, you know, in in our room?" And you you want to make sure not just as a player, everything walk back in, fit like he never left type thing. And and of course, Josh, he felt like everything would be great if 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 we did make the move. Is it unrealistic to think he could play Saturday? I don't think it's unrealistic. Um, no, I, I think, you know, yesterday we just had a walkthrough. So, you know, I think we'd have to see and, and make sure. What we do, wouldn't want to do if we played him is have, have him have a setback. Like, you know, he's not in football shape. You know, I know he, he went and, you know, when I checked in with him a couple of times, he started running routes again. I think he was playing basketball mainly, but um, started running routes. Uh, I don't think he had a pro quarterback thrown to him, but. You know, he was trying to get himself in shape. So, um, you know, that would be up for, you know, Sean and, and Dorsey and Chad Hall to determine if he's ready to roll, along with our medical staff, to make sure there's no concern about, you know, the soft tissue stuff. And you also mentioned Jamison earlier and how kind of Cole could fill that role. Yeah. Is there still a possibility Jamison returns? I think it's still a possibility, yes. Yeah, he's still working his way back, you know, not been cleared or anything like that. And he would need to work himself. It's been so long back into football shape using the window. So, um, you know, I think he's improving. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know if it's a couple weeks, three weeks. I'm not quite sure how close he is. But, um, yeah, we'd be open to, you know, him back um, if, you know, once deemed healthy. This is more of a kind of an X's and O's kind of question, but that position, whether it be Jameson's injury or performance-related maybe with Isaiah, whatever, that dimension of the offense and with whatever's going on with, with on that side of the ball, with it being able to reach its highest gear at the most important time, that's been the narrative, obviously, and what people see. Mm -hmm. how, how much has the lack of an answer at that slot receiver position affected things in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, um, every year is a new year, Adam. Every, you know, every season has its own ups and downs. Again, um, I think Crowder was really doing a good job through the preseason, and and he and Josh were 
you kind of getting their groove going. Isaiah, you know, was going to continue his role and, and maybe a little bit more than in, in years past, but his role definitely expanded, you know, when Crowder went out. And so you're always trying to find answers for every defense. And, um, you know, it's hard when you, Cole Beasley against zone defense is, you know, he's got a really innate feel. He sees the game. It's very similar to how Josh sees it. Not a lot of guys see it, you know, that clear happening like that, you know, and that's that's one of his strengths. Why a guy his his size has had such such success in the league and in this offense. All right, that's GM Brandon Bean addressing the media about uh about right about two hours ago, and yeah. he was uh, just kind of spelling out how bringing Cole Beasley back to the roster, albeit on the practice squad, came to fruition. Uh, some of the other things that he mentioned were important. Jamison Crowder still has a chance to get back to the roster before the end of the season, although it sounds like it's going to be closer to the end of the season. We've seen him working on the side with the strength and conditioning staff and some athletic trainers the last couple of weeks. So we thought, oh, maybe he's close, but it looks like it might be towards the tail end of the season, like week 17, 18 at the earliest. Uh, other things that Brandon Bean addressed that we did not play for you because it just kind of went on and on and on. <clears throat> <laughs> well, no, it was it was Man. longer than we have time for. That's right. really the issue. Exactly. Uh, but Brandon said the Cole Beasley signing is mutually exclusive from their interest in Odell Beckham Jr. He said that they haven't closed the door on Odell just because they signed Cole Beasley. So those two things are mutually exclusive. And then he also was asked about Jay Kumaro, who's another receiver on IR right now, and his answer was he is not ready. And even when he is ready, he will need ramp-up time. So it's going to be a while for him as well. So you kind of understand why the team, which has been thin at wide receiver with four on the active roster, add John Brown and Cole Beasley the last few weeks. Yeah. You need guys you can trust who can who can play. Uh, that's it. I mean, it's not it's not complicated, and you don't need them for a whole season. You don't need them to be great right away. You don't need them to take a hundred percent of the offensive snaps. You just need them to be ready, and when they come in, perform, uh, and then theoretically, in best case scenario, they go back to the bench when the other guy's healthy or when they get back to full strength uh, at other places. So, um, it's. The right time to do it, it's these are the guys who, who you're going to bring in. John Brown's already proven he can still get loose. Uh, Cole Beasley, I was watching him in, in you know, practice. And, yeah, he looks cap- – he still looks capable to me of getting some separation and catching the ball where Josh needs him in those third down. You know, the, he's got that short area explosion that he can get away from a guy quick and have the ball be there. Um and you know how tough he is. I think I played in the playoff game with a busted leg. So he'll be ready when the Bills line it up if they need him. And that's exactly what you're looking for at this time of year. So it makes a lot of sense, particularly the guys they've signed. Brandon Bryant, Cole Beasley, John Brown. So I'm – They're all injury-related if you yes, think about it. Yes, they're all injury-related. And that's something the Bills haven't been through in a couple of years. So here we are. Yeah. And – there is a decision that will have to be made at the end of the week. We saw John Brown 
get called up to the game day roster from the practice squad. Two weeks ago in New England, played 15 snaps, got elevated again last week and played. Brandon Bean said he wouldn't rule out Beasley being up for Saturday night's game. So what we're talking about here is route running capabilities. How sharp is he? You know, are his, are his skills a little rusty that he's got to knock some rust off this week and then maybe be a factor being on the active roster next week? Or are we, you know, concerned about his level of fitness and conditioning where soft tissue injuries become a concern? These are all things that are going to have to be weighed and assessed, not only by the coaching staff, but by the athletic training staff. Like, hey, guys, based on his conditioning level, if you play him, the risk of a hamstring injury is 70%. Or, you know, I'm just spitballing here because I don't know exactly how it works. But these guys have it down to a science in there. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's about as high level as you can get. I mean, they're at the top of the food chain in that field. So all of that's going to be weighed before they say, yeah, let's dress him. But, yeah, but like we always know, when a team's desperate, some of those those rules get bent, you know. Uh, Some of the good, you know, the stuff you'd like to do becomes impossible because of time constraints, because of deadlines, because of game. You got to kick it off, and you need the guy. So if he wants to go and he's ready, whether you've vetted him Thoroughly enough or not, bro, you're in. Yeah. That's the way it goes. We're not at that point yet for these guys. Right. And then if he is in, how much does he play? That's the next question. Right. Because John Brown, his first, like, if you just want to use him as a barometer, you know, John Brown goes to New England, he's here for a week, plays 15 snaps. Is that what we should expect for Beasley, or do we expect a little bit more? Well, a lot of that's probably going to be predicated on how he looks in practice today and tomorrow and what the athletic training staff deems his fitness level to be. I'll say this, though. We talk about this all the time, Brownie. If they come in and they look good and, they, and they're playing and the Bills feel like they're the best option in a given situation, they're going to be on the field. John Brown was that on the, in the Jet game and the New England game. Uh, there were a couple of instances where he was on there and he was the guy and we're throwing it at him. You can bet Beasley's going to be in that same situation as well. The question is, well, there's a couple of questions actually. One, if somebody's hurt and they plug those guys in, what happens if that guy gets better the next week? Are they back out? And if they, if they aren't healthy next week, can these guys, you know, at, at their advanced age and the fact they're just fresh back, can they go long can they take a lot of snaps and a lot of games in a row? That's a question. Break time for us here. When we come back, one of the people who will be on the NFL Network broadcast Saturday night, former defensive back in the NFL for over 10 seasons, one Jason McCourty joins us next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.